1: Whether it's the Jazz, Utes, Cougars, or Aggies, these guys have got you covered. And he eat, You're locked on to Jake Scott and Ben Anderson. One, two, three, three. On 97.5 1280 The Zone. Powered by KSLSports.com. <laughs>
3: Eighty seven five and twelve eighty the zone. Let's get out of the zone phone. Joining us now. Of course you see him on KSL Channel Five, Sports Beat. He's everywhere. It's kind of a big deal. He's our friend Jeremiah Jensen. What's up, Jeremiah? I'm just hanging out. How are you guys? Good. Hey, let me let me ask you about this because Ben and I were talking about this when we we were teasing you uh, coming on the show. I know covering an Olympics is an amazing experience, but are you kind of glad Sam got this one?
2: <laughs> Look, covering a COVID Olympics is different than covering the Olympics. Um, the Tokyo Olympics were a challenge. Look, I, I I'm glad I did it. I, I enjoyed the experience for what it was. But it's difficult, and uh, things are hard, and and yeah, I'm, I, I've, me and me and Sam have had many conversations, and uh, he's going to go tackle this challenge the best he can. But it's going to be difficult. Um, this is not going to be your normal Olympics, normal experience for those who cover it. It's not going to be normal for those that are participating. Um, we'll see how it goes. But uh, yeah, guys, I, I did my time. I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs>
0: What, I guess, what, from your perspective, is, other than it being in China and, and of course, COVID going on, what's the big storyline going to the Olympics? This is not what we planned to talk about, but, you know, 23 days out, whatever we are, what, what's going to be the biggest storyline?
2: Uh, I think you look at the major events. I think um, I'll start with Nathan Chen, who is from Utah, grew up in Salt Lake City. Can he finally win gold? He's won six straight uh, world Championship or, sorry, U.S. championships. Uh, but he, he did not, things did not go his way um, four years ago. And so uh, this is kind of his Olympics to go shine and finally win that gold medal. I would start with that. And then from there, I mean, you always look at all, I mean, Sean White, is he going to be able to perform? But unfortunately, guys, I think it's going to just end up being COVID again. Like, is COVID going to impact whether some athletes can participate or not? Uh, it's just. It's just unfortunate that that again is the story of an Olympics, but that's just how it's going to be, and um, that's that's something that's going to uh, shadow this Olympics quite a bit.
3: Okay, I realize that there are men's and women's curling teams, but if if yeah. Jeremiah, if you, Ben, Megan, and myself hmm. really, really dove into it, do you think we could be Olympic ready in four years?
2: Oh, absolutely! Oh, absolutely! Curling? I think you know, Look. I- I've got years of experience of sweeping. I've swept (laughs) a lot of floors. And uh, I think if I just really dedicated myself to sweeping, like eight to 12 hours a day, I could be your sweeper. I just need one of you guys to step up and practice see, pushing see, them off.
3: I feel that's Megan. Megan can throw the stone. I feel okay. like yeah. Megan could okay. push the stone and yell at us. Yeah. I, I <laughs>
1: feel <laughs> like, like, get sweeping, sweep, <laughs> Wyatt, Sweep! Hurry <laughs> up!
2: I think we I could think do we're it. We're good. I think, I think we got a team. I yeah. think we should try for the, uh, the, uh, the Olympics in four years. But our training's got to start now, guys. We've got to right. do it now. Well, Let's we'll get
0: it. started off the air. Uh, <laughs> as we talk about the Utah Jazz, there's a real narrative of panic i mean you can sense it online you can kind of sense it i think within the team even a little bit there's some desperation from donovan mitchell in his post-game conversations it really does feel like there's difficulty going on with the team do you believe in it is it just the number of bodies are missing because of covid and on the ship will be righted when rudy gobert comes back or or is there something serious going on here
2: two parts of this guys okay so every 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 season is going to have ups and downs and the Jazz every year, and every team is going to lose, to lose a game to one of the worst teams in the league, a game that has you scratching your head, and there may be some things contributing to that, and that's certainly a factor. That's one part of it, and I, I think that part you don't need to get crazy about, whether it was Detroit or Indiana or whatever team they lost to. They lost. It's one game. They can move on. They can, they can overcome that. Here's my issue, guys, and this is my, my, my concern. Is what has been the issue with the playoff loss two years ago against the Nuggets? Last year, the collapse against the Clippers. It's perimeter defense. Their perimeter defense is poor, and it's not getting better. It's getting worse. How are they going to address that? And that's what Donovan's. Com- that's why Donovan's frustrated. Is once you take Rudy out of the lineup, and look, the Jazz have been spoiled. Rudy has not missed a lot of games the last three years. He's been able to hide a lot of those issues, right? So now all of a sudden he's gone, and now it's really obvious that this is a problem. And and I think it's just all of a sudden coming to a point where, okay, everyone sees this now, and it's painfully obvious. There's no confidence that this is going to get fixed with the current roster the way it is in the playoffs. So I think they have to make some changes to the roster. They've got to make a move. They've got to get defense on the perimeter. They're going to have to give up some offense to do it. I hate to say that because this is a great group of guys, but they're going to have to break this up a little bit. They're going to have to make a move before the deadline.
3: I don't disagree with you uh, necessarily, Jeremiah, but one, that's tough to do. And two, I, Ben and I were arguing about this yesterday. This isn't necessarily new news. I, no. I know I know that no, it's everybody not. it's got a magnifying glass because Rudy's out and they just lost to the Pistons, but they haven't necessarily addressed this before. So, I, I don't know. Danny Ainge, different voice, but we'll see. I, I don't know what they can do, even if they do make a move.
2: Yeah, look, I mean you, uh, but let's be realistic, okay? You need somebody else to make a deal, and and you're not going to give up somebody let's I, I, I'm not saying that they're trying to trade Boyan Bogdanovich, but let's just throw out a name hypothetically. Let's say that they're willing to trade Boyan Bogdanovich, give up some offense to go get that defense. Well, who's, who's an equal talent out there who's a 3-and-D guy that's going to have a positive impact on your perimeter defense. What guys out there are available that are going to make you better on the perimeter defensively? How many teams are willing to give up that player? So I, this is an obvious problem, but it's not an easy fix. And let's be fair. I got to mention that this is not something where you just wave a magic wand or you just pull the trigger on a trade and you problem solve. This is not easy to find a person that's the right fit that can help you do that. And then be willing to trade this guy on your roster that you like and, and who's valuable and talented to be able to do that? There's risk in that involved in that as well. So this is not an easy thing to fix, but it certainly is obvious that it needs to be done.
0: Switching it up, talking a little uh, college football. I know the season just ended, but uh, I think it's it, we're looking ahead to uh, the early top twenty-five coming up next year. The youths look like they're going to be a top ten team again next year. Do you think that's an appropriate ranking? Do you think that's overvaluing the talent they have come back?
2: No, I think it's fair. I, I think where did they finish this year? Um, you just saw them go toe-to-toe with Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. Um, C.J. Stroud, is, in my opinion, is the best quarterback in college football. I think he's going to win the Heisman Trophy next year. I think he's that good. Uh, so Utah just on, on a huge stage just went toe-to-toe with a team that's going to be in the playoff next year. Honestly, guys, they're going to they're gonna run the table in the, in, the Big Ten, in the Big Ten next year. I think they're great. They've got a lot of good talent coming back. If they can get their defense tweaked a little bit and make it better, then Ohio State's going to be a national championship contender. So that just shows you just how talented Utah is. And they, yes, they have some guys that they got to replace, but look at who's coming back. Brant Keefe, Tavion Thomas. Uh, you know, they got Cam Rising. They got their quarterback. They got their alpha dog in the locker room. Um, Clark Phillips is going to get better and better and better. And so you look and you look at the back end with, the, the, say, Cole Bishop emerged. He's going to get better. Um, they're going to find linebackers. They're going to find guys, and they always have the defensive line. They lose Nick Ford in the offensive line, but the rest of the guys are back. Um, the receivers are going to be better. Um, they got to figure out how to replace Britton Covey, but they'll do that. So, yeah, they lose some guys. They lost some talent, but so many great players are back from this team, and those guys are going to get even better. And there's no question that Utah is the favorite to win the Pac-12 next year, and then I think it's it's a great. I think it's great for the program that they're getting national respect, where you know, some of these national names are looking at this program and saying, "Okay, this is a top five or top ten team next year," um, and I think they've earned that, and I think they deserve it. I I think if you look at the roster, I think that, that that's not
1: that far fetched.
3: All right, Jeremiah, we're going to do a little role playing exercise okay. here for a second. All right, you are Kalani Satake. You're you're sitting in your office. uh, You're you're kicking back, reviewing a little film. Your phone rings. On the other end is Jackson Dart. He said, hey, coach, I'd love to come to BYU. The only thing I need from you aside from a scholarship is uh, a promise that I am the starter. Uh Day one, I get to town. What would your response be?
2: I would never, ever, ever promise anything to any player coming into your program. Can't do it. And I think it's unfair to the kid. I think it's unfair to the people that are in your program to make promises when they got to go out and earn it on the practice field. They got to go out but and compete.
3: Jeremiah, I, I'm really good. Did you watch you me? Are. Did you watch me carve up Jackson. the Pac-12?
2: I would love to have you in the program. You're a Utah kid. We love what you did at Roy. We offered you a scholarship. We love what you did at Corner Canyon. We believe in you. Come compete. Come compete. Against Jaron Hall. Come compete against Jacob Conover. Coach, I'm going to go swing it position. for the
3: lane train. Oh, come Miss told me compete. I'm starting. Come you know? in
2: and compete. You come in and earn that spot. You went over this locker room, and you could be the guy. I
3: can't promise you anything right now, though. I just visited Starkville, Mississippi. It's lovely. <laughs> it's lovely. <laughs> well, I can well, go down the, there and throw it for 6,000 yards, Coach. <laughs> There's the a, a thing you can counter you can you can kind I guess you're, you're Kalani you can kind of like
2: just uh, like beat around the bush with the promise and, and Kalani's really good at this you guys know you've you've seen him in press conferences he's really good at not answering questions when they're asked so you just kind of like hey well what's what's Morgantown West Virginia like this time of year would you rather live in Provo or, or Morgantown and I think uh, I think that's your pitch right so you kind of script the promise this Drew and you point out the things that are great about your program and. And where you're at right now, I mean, is West Virginia, did they finish in the top 25 this year? Were they in the top 15 of the college football playoff every week this week, the poll? No, they weren't. So BYU's got a lot to brag about and point to. Say, look, Jackson, come in here. Jaron's the guy right now, but you come in and compete. If you win the job, great. If not, um, he's probably going to move on next year. So then you're you're the guy. So that's my pitch to him. But, yeah, you can never, ever promise a recruit anything. And if you are, you're making a big mistake. It hurt Tim and your program.
0: So Lincoln Riley's probably going to promise Caleb Williams if he goes to USC, yeah. he gets the starting <laughs> job. Is that? Yeah. Is uh, how legit is USC if they get Caleb Williams because he was really good at Oklahoma this year? If he goes over, can they compete with the Utes to win the Pac-12 South?
2: He was really good, but did Oklahoma win the Big 12? No. Um, I don't think it's. I don't think that Caleb Williams coming in is is the elixir. I don't think that one guy is going to flip that program around. Look, guys, USC was a dumpster fire last year. I, I don't think that Lincoln Riley is going to come in here and wave a magic wand and all of a sudden they're back to being a juggernaut and a, and a blue blood and a top 15 program. It's going to take him two or three years to get his guys in there and get that thing righted. I don't know. I think the thing about Lincoln Riley, guys, is I look at what he did at Oklahoma. He, he That program was already built and established. Like he, All he had to do was not break it and, and, and keep it going, which he did. I'll give him credit for that. And, and he's he's a great recruiter, and he's a, he's a quarterback whisperer. He's done a great job with quarterbacks, which you know, which is I think why he's going to have some success at USC. But I don't think this is an overnight. I don't think this is an overnight success story. I think it's going to take time, and uh, and I think just getting one guy is not going to be the difference. They they got to get better defensively. They got to build that thing up in the trenches. They got a lot of work to do at USC. So I like Caleb Williams, good talent. I don't think he's going to flip something like magically overnight and help that program uh reach the the level of expectation that everybody has for it
3: well jeremiah thank you as always for coming on with us we always look forward to it buddy
2: Every two weeks. I love coming on, guys. Hey, You're the best. Hey, the show's great, too. You guys are kicking butt.
3: Curling practice tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow. Does that work, Megan? Hey, 5 a.m.
0: 5, 5 a.m., i oh, We're going early. We are Olympians. Bring your own broom. We're Olympians. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Bring your own broom. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Jeremiah. See you, JJ. Yeah, thanks, guys.
3: See you, buddy. Love, JJ. I always say we got one of those hypothetical conversations you get into with your friends, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, if... If we worked every day at what event
0: could we actually have a realistic chance of making the Olympics? So I used to work with a kid uh, who – he was weird. And like one of his things is he travels to a bunch of Olympics. He's just kind of a strange, outgoing person. But one of the things he started doing really kind of late in his life, and he's close to my age, 35-ish. Like he probably started doing this 10 years ago. Maybe it wasn't even that long ago. He started training at the Javelin because he went to so many Olympics he thought maybe I can become good. If I work at this the Javelin, why can't I just get to the point where I'm actually competing in the Olympics? Which is honestly very admirable. And he started winning like local competitions because there aren't that many people who are trying that hard. And yet I still think because I've looked at his Facebook page and it looks like it's kind of dropped off a little bit, you probably do get to a certain point and you realize like, oh man. There's like Utah good, and there's world good, and some of these people that just are freakishly talented and have a body and a will to do certain things and have been training their whole life that they're incredibly good at this naturally. Plus, they put in the work, and you just can't reach some of those points. What is that documentary? On? But as soon as they start, what's being? But what's the game called? Bags? What do people cornhole? Uh-huh. It kind of has a different name all over the country. Once that becomes an Olympic sport, you're going to see a lot of people who practice for about six weeks and have a natural touch for it that start making the Olympics.
3: That's how the, this debate or this discussion is how the movie Icarus happened, right? Yep. It was, it was a filmmaker who was also a, a bicyclist, and his theory was if he, if he cheated, yes, if he doped— he could be a professional cyclist. Yeah. And ironically, the answer to that was no. But if you've never seen the documentary, he all of a sudden uncovers the entire Russian doping scheme almost accidentally. Yeah. Because he was referred he went to a I can't remember if it was a friend or not, but said went to somebody and said, Hey, I want to start doping. Who should I talk to? And they were like, Well, I know a guy in Russia. Yeah. Who could uh, probably help you out? And then all of a sudden, people are like being disappeared by the Russian Correct. government, and some guy had to flee the country. It's pretty wild. I, but but that was his whole thing. His whole theory was, you know, I'm just an average cyclist. If I doped, would
0: I be elite? And I'm a dope. Speaking of dopes, so I'm a dope. But I think about this a lot with the NBA because I look at a guy like Donovan Mitchell. And I'm just like, it's like a pretty good high school player, but he certainly wasn't elite. Like he's a four star kid, but there's so many four star high school basketball recruits. And he goes to Louisville, and he was fine. He was got drafted in the first round. He was a good player. Obviously, he was a very good player. But the fact that he just keeps getting better and just keeps lapping people. You know, that like some players get to the NBA, and they can't get better. Like they reach their peak, and they work hard every day. They work out every day. They eat right. They've got the best coaching in the world, and they can't pass a certain level. And Donovan Mitchell continues to get better every year. And I'm always curious, like what is it about – this certain group of people like lebron it's obvious he's huge kd has the greatest body we've ever seen Giannis has the best body we've ever seen what is it about some of these guys that they just continue to get better and better and better and why does that limit not apply to them that allow that applies to other people around them it's it's, it's a bizarre wrinkle and it is fun. That is the most elite people on earth who, who just, you know, they have it and we find them and we put them in the right spot to succeed. And what is their ceiling? That Correct. Is the, that,
3: yeah. that is the key question to to combine a couple of conversations here. If I'm Donovan Mitchell and I'm calculating on how to maximize my brand and career and whatever, the I'm asking myself, how good am I really yeah. and how good can I be? Because if you are not... You know, if you do a, a super team type thing or combine with stars, and you're not a number one, you're all of a sudden Chris Bosh, and you're number three. Yeah. As opposed to Chris Bosh in Toronto was right. a, a bona fide all star, absolute number one, right? So if I'm, what's the Jazz? Honestly, what what are the Jazz lacking to being a a favorite for the NBA title right now? What what are they lacking? And it ain't perimeter defense. It's a top five player. Okay. If the Jazz had a sure. top five player; sure. they would be the favorite to win the Correct. NBA title. Correct. Is Donovan Mitchell ever going to be a top Can he five get player? There. Right? Can he get there? That's that's the question for Donovan and for the Jazz, because you know, getting back to Locke's comparison after the game that I brought up with you, where without Rudy or the Jazz, or Orlando, if that's true.
0: Donovan Mitchell ain't a top five player, right? And no, and not a top ten player. And I just, dis- I don't think so. I don't think the Jazz or Orlando, if they don't have Rudy Gobert, I would agree with you. But they just lost to Detroit on the I, road. I understand that they lost that game pretty horrendously. So
3: I don't, I don't think that's true. But if it is true, we are way overvaluing Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, and he's got a long way to go before he's a top five player.
0: And I don't actually think that's. You know, I I don't think Jazz fans are overrating Donovan Mitchell. I do think he's a top ten player in the NBA right now. Uh, I do. I do too. By the way, for the record, yeah. Uh, so so yes. Just on if to answer that question, no, I don't think that's the case. But it is amazing to look at like. Donovan gets comped to these guys, comp to you know X amount of players as a rookie. We were talking, you know, Lonzo Ball or whoever he d Jason Tatum who he came into the league with. And then it was kind of the Jamal Murrays. Then it was like, Hey, does he belong in the all star conversation? And then it's is he as good as Damian Lillard and he just kind of keeps passing these guys it's just crazy he keeps getting better yes. and is up to 30 points a game and like has quietly passed James Harden as far as like a good play. Like James Harden was one of the MVP two years ago three years ago and I know Harden's having a down year but like yeah you pass guys at some point in your career and he continues to do that where you throw your name in the conversation now with Luca, who's probably five or six best player in the NBA right now like he continues to put himself in those different spots certainly on the offensive end of the floor uh, and that's it's it's an interesting thing to watch and you know it's something that I'm sure the Jazz don't have an answer for either and are trying to figure out how to get the most out of it and build around him while also building around Rudy Gobert and it's, it's the difficulty and something you and I both talked about how much we love it's the difficulty of building a team and it's one of the fun parts of watching sports is how do you know where to put all your chips because at some point you probably have to bet on one guy more than the other and so far the jazz have bet more on rudy gobert in all honesty quinn snyder's admitted it they've built this team around rudy gobert which is why when he's off the floor it fails in detroit where if they had built a team around donovan mitchell with x amount of players and you had donovan out there in detroit things wouldn't have fallen apart so badly
3: well, it'll be interesting because, you know, Donovan's desire to be here may not be as big a factor when he comes up for his contract. If he's eligible for a Supermax and not a top five player in the league. Yeah. Then that decision becomes sure. more more, difficult. more tricky. Which it did already with Rudy, which, want to give the Jazz a win on that one. To that, that was some difficult waters to navigate. Yep. And to come out with a favorable situation for both sides, really, they they deserve a lot of credit. Uh, all right. Uh, let's get out of the zone phone. Uh, joining us now is our friend, Dr. Johnson from Premier Wave Medical. What's going on, Dr. Johnson?
0: How you guys doing? Well, Doctor, one of the things I was most amazed that we talked to you about is, is how quickly guys will start to see results. I mean, it's not a six months, eight months out before you start seeing results. It's within a couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, so, you know, if you do the um, low-intensive shockwave therapy, usually the men start to see the results about two two to three weeks into it because what's essentially happening is, you know, erectile dysfunction is a medical condition that is the same process actually as heart disease. You get plaque filled up in the arteries, you lose arteries, and so you just don't have the blood flow. So what our machine does is it causes a signal, breaks up the plaque, and then causes a signal to to the body saying, hey, we need new blood vessels. So you come and start building the new blood vessels. And, you know, it takes a little bit, but it takes a couple weeks for it to start seeing results. The nice thing is you keep seeing results build and build for the next couple months because it takes a little while to build the blood vessels. So it's a great, great procedure. And we, you know, the only ones in Utah that actually have the only machine that was specifically designed for ED, and also FDA approved for ED, so it's a very powerful device. We also have other treatments if necessary because it's not a one size fits all type of disease. Sometimes you need a different treatment or a combination of treatments, and we offer all those kind of things.
3: All right, get the ball rolling three eight five three six zero Wave or uh, PremierWave dot com, right?
1: Yep, and we're having a great Valentine's Day special, so. You know we uh, we do men's and women's sexual health, so we have some treatments for women because they have issues as well. So if you get a couples package, we'll give you a thousand dollars off plus a free night to stay at the anniversary end, at the end of your treatment, so you can try out the results.
3: All right, that number again three eight five three six zero wave three eight five three six zero nine two eight three or premier, premierwave dot com. Thanks, Doctor Johnson.
1: Yeah, thanks, Jake. Ben. appreciate it.
3: Top three stories at kslsports.com. Coming up next, stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's a Jazz at 30 update here on Jake and Ben. Jazz in action tonight, taking on the Cavs here at Vivint Arena. Here's Jordan Clarkson talking about the new guys on the team fitting in.
1: All the guys that's been coming in have been playing hard. You're trying to figure out everything. You know, we got so many concepts and everything as well. So, you know, they're doing a great job of listening, and trying to pick up as much as they can as fast as possible. So, those guys is playing hard. They're doing what they can. Eric's done a great job for us. Uh, he did a great job for us early in the year, too, playing that position. He's uh, really stepped in and done a great job with that, too.
3: Ref- refresh the inside or outside of your home with five star experience with five star painting. They've got time, skills, and tools. Five star That's five star painting.
1: Who's got it better than us? No! You're home for the best sports coverage in Utah. You're listening to Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by KSLsports.com. <laughs>
3: out of curiosity well, What would happen if you got with me Kissing you would hit the spot with me Come and skip a couple rounds with me, me Jake and 97.5 and 1280 The Zone Jake Scott, Ben Anderson It is it is time for your top three stories at KSL Sports.com Megan, let's get started
0: Number one Tonight at Vivint Arena The Jazz take on the Cavaliers at 7 p.m. I don't think the Jazz are going to snap their wins to their losing streak tonight. either. And that's not a criticism of the Jazz. And look, they certainly can. The Cavaliers are going to be tired. Uh, they're not as short-handed as the Jazz are, but Jakey, just look at the number of bodies that are missing for the Jazz again tonight. It's just it's hard to win games when you've lost half your roster. And Rudy Gobert is either your best player or your second best player. He's not there. Rudy Gay is in your rotation. He's probably the sixth or seventh man on this team. Joe Ingles is questionable if he's not back. You're just so short-handed with a lot of these guys that you're playing. You know, and and you're asking Hassan Whiteside, who's not a starting center at this point in his career, to be a starting center in the NBA, going up against really really good players. Players in Cleveland. I know the Cavaliers have, have kind of gotten a bad reputation since LeBron left. They're a really good team this year.
3: They are. They just extended their, their uh, general manager, yep. too. Kobe. Kobe he's, he's done a really terrific job uh, turning over this roster. Uh, his one big misstep was hiring that Michigan coach, right? Yeah. That, that, yeah. that wasn't going to work. But outside of that, he's done a good job turning over this roster. Because, beeline? line that's yep. right. lasted about six weeks. <laughs> because honestly, LeBron, the GM, is so bad that the Cavs were in the worst possible position when LeBron left. Right, Couldn't have been worse. Had leveraged everything, which, of course, any sane person would do. Leverage everything to, to please LeBron because he's the best player in the league, and that's how you win a title. And uh, But it, it left them in some really rough shape. They deserve a ton of credit for, for how they've turned this over, and they've taken uh, some chances on some guys and tried to do some uh, strategic trades that have worked out. You and I both love Jared Allen. Yeah. He's a he's a great player. They've they've drafted uh, fairly well.
0: Well, look, they're playing without Colin Sexton too, who's probably a top four player on their roster, and they're still winning games at this. Oh, level. at like, least top four. Yeah, player yeah, he's on he's, he's, a, he's a good player. So they're a, they're a very talented young roster. They're going to be good in the East for a long time, which is fun to fun to watch.
3: What are you uh, what, where are you at on uh, Markinen?
0: Because the wish Bulls he'd gotten, let him go. I wish he'd gotten drafted by a better team with a better coach. Uh, they did a really bad job developing him because I think he's more talented than he was. And now he's they have they significantly lowered his ceiling of what he could have been had he gone to the right type of organization. But he's going to be a player in the NBA for a decade, 11 or 12 years, and is a starting level player. So that was a good piece. It was funny to watch... The, the lack of kind of concept of talent that was around now look the Bulls have had as, as good an offseason as anybody I like Markin, and I wouldn't give him a ton of money but I like Markin. He's a he helps at what they need him to do
3: he fits with Cleveland
0: yeah I and mean, he, he could develop into a Boyan Bogdanovich type we need to give Boyan credit he's an extraordinarily good player but with the right development Markin could continue to get to that type of guy
3: but similar to Bogdanovich he probably doesn't isn't nearly as effective if he weren't playing with Jared Allen right
0: no, yeah, no question about that.
3: No. no you I, couldn't I get away right. with playing boy on the way that the Jazz do if it weren't for Rudy Gobert. Oh, which 100%. we're discovering we're discovering of course.
0: Yeah, uh, 100% and even more so, maybe even, you know, maybe the one that, he's going to be the best defensive player in the league for 5 or 6 years once he reaches his prime. Evan Mobley at USC Is just the freakiest defensive player you've ever seen with his ability to switch onto the perimeter. He's seven feet tall. He's a great rim protector. Like, he's just going to be, he's going to win several Defensive Player of the Year awards as Rudy Gobert exits his prime two or three years from now. Evan Mobley's going to be that next guy. But yes, it will make a player like Laurie Markin really valuable, whereas last year he was playing next to, who's it, Vucevic in Chicago. You can't play the two together. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Great point. This is going to be a tough game for the Jazz, though. And
3: Vucevic is better this year. The Bulls are better this year. The Bulls are great. Yeah, I don't know if
0: I'm going as far as No, they great won by yet. 45 points or something last night. Like they're way, they're, they're, they're a great story. I should say they're I'll, not a great I'll team. Come along with that. But a great story. It's it's great to talk about the Bulls being back and playing well, and again bucking a trend of going after Demar Derozan when everyone said you shouldn't sign that guy and give him money, much less trade for him and give up a pick. And now he's going to be an MVP candidate. So that's been fun to watch.
3: Honestly, I don't buy anyone in the East. The closest is Milwaukee, but yeah. they've underachieved thus yeah. far this year. I think but are, are you really buying Chicago, Brooklyn, Miami, Philly?
0: I feel like Miami, and this is biased because we watched them beat the Jazz really handily twice. I like Miami, twice. too. I like Miami, but I don't think it's going to last. Though Kyle Lowry's so good, and in the playoffs could really matter. But they just don't seem to be able to get everything on the right track. But Tyler Hero's playing well. Brooklyn's going to be good because it's Brooklyn. Milwaukee's still the most complete team if they can get healthy by the end of the year. Those are. It's still Brooklyn and Milwaukee or one Chicago. and Chicago. I just don't think it's Chicago. Fun, but not quite fully there. Yeah. I, I'm with you. Number two. U of U defensive tackles coach announced his retirement from coaching after three seasons with the Utes. I told you, Jake, I would love to retire and after when I'm 42 years old. I would love that, that to be an option. That's two years away from you, a year and a half. You you better yeah, start right. thinking about it. But Sione Buha, hanging up the, the, the whistle or whatever they would call it, the clipboard if you're a coach. He played eight years or whatever it is in the NFL. He's got cash. and coach for a couple years, I bet he recognized that grind was not as fun as hanging out with your family.
3: Well... I mean, I, I honestly think with Sione's, if you kind of follow his story, he was doing it for the young people. Yeah. Like, he for started sure. off as their team, I don't know what you call a team chaplain or whatever, but uh, he started off kind of in that role and then moved into a, a coaching role and was certainly successful at it. And he's a smart guy who was an incredible player himself. I'm sure he's a great recruiter because he's very personable. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure coaching was kind of natural, but but to your point, it is a grind, and you do it for the young people for so long. Yep, and he probably is interested in uh, going and doing
0: something else. And some and, people and, really need the money. He has good NFL yeah. money
3: from his career, and maybe he wants to help young people another way yeah. or or do something else with uh, with his life. But, but happy uh, for
0: him to do it as his own choice, and hopefully he's you know yes. happy making this decision. I if I'm a Utah fan, I, I like coaching. Groups getting shaken up every couple of years, to be honest with you. Get new voices in Get the Get a room. couple of new voices, adopting kind of the new technology, new recruiting, kind of how it has to work. Now, if you have you know great offensive coordinators, if your coordinators are great, hang on to them. Position coaches, I think it's okay to shift around, change around every once in a while to get guys. And look, the Utes need a good special teams coordinator, because special teams was nonsense this year for the Utes. They're going to need a new running backs coach, because Kyle McDonald's gone to USC, and now you've got to replace Sione Puha. You can bring in some fun new voices, some exciting new voices that will help on the recruiting trails. And, and those guys did a really good job. I mean, Utah's running backs room was incredible, and so I mean, the D-line's always good at Utah. It'll be easier to replace... Sione Puha, and that's no disrespect to Sione Puha, but because the talent Utah already has, probably then it will be Kyle McDonald. But man, it's not like the Utes have lacked getting good running backs for twenty years now. All right, uh, Ben,
3: we've been on a roll with role playing here. I'll tell you how how an interview would go if I'm the University of Utah hiring a position coach. All right, uh, you be uh, you be the the position coach. I'll I'll be the University of Utah. Okay. All right. Hello, Ben. Hi, how are you, Utah? How are you, Mr. Mr. Anderson? I'm doing great. I have I have two simple questions for you and I'm going to ask them both at the same time and then you you answer. How you answer. Okay. We'll will determine whether or not you get the job. What recruits are you bringing with you and how do you intend to pay them? Yeah. That's Correct. it. Correct. I don't care if you no, can I'm coach. With you. With you. <laughs> I don't care if you can uh, do whatever a breakdown film yep. makes no difference to me. Yep. What Blue blood studs
0: are you bringing, and how do you intend to compensate them? By the way, I'm glad you bring that up. One of the things that will be interesting with Utah getting all this love as a top 10 team by all these preseason polls or way too early polls that you're seeing coming out will be the transfer portal and how that ends up benefiting Utah because they will have holes on this roster. We know they have holes on this roster. You've got to fix the secondary. You need better special teams players. Guys want to play for top 10 teams and compete in a Rose Bowl. If they seniors coming in, it's the linebacker who's coming over from Florida who's coming to play. Utah should do really well and clean up in the transfer portal with some of these kids that are coming in because they want to come play for a top 10 team and you're right it will be interesting to see who Utah brings into these coaches if they bring some players with them
3: why was Craig Smith able to have success immediately at Utah State and not Utah he brought Nimi Kita with him correct, correct. <laughs> he had a yeah. stud yeah. recruit right. who he's bringing into the program and then you add that to Sam Merrill who right. of course is an incredible basketball player and all of a sudden you've got the recipe for conference titles what a shock right
0: It'll be interesting to see what Utah does. Fun, uh, it'll be fun to watch those hires. And, and you know, Witt's done a good job actually keeping some familiar names around the state of Utah. But he's also done a really nice job when he's hired outside of the state. So, it'll be fun to watch these. Uh, sometimes. Sometimes. Not always. because No one bats a thousand. Well, because Witt, of course,
3: is not a networker. And so, he's kind of taken some flyers from time to time. And some have been really good. Like... Uh, someone has been good and bad. He took a flyer on Dave Christensen, right? Because yeah. he knew Dave like 20 years ago or right. something like that. And that didn't work. But he brought Jim Harding with him. Correct. And that obviously has been a huge right. success.
0: But, you know, Quinton Ganther will be just fine if he wants to come yeah. play running backs coach at Utah. And then when you go on the D-line, the nice thing is, it's not like Utah's going to have a bad D-line ever. you got the bodies here in the state of Utah and you have the reputation. That's going to work out. Just what kind of name do you look for? If it's a recruiter or if it's somebody who actually wants to be a technician. All right, moving on. Number three. Eric Weddle coming out of retirement for playoff run with the Rams. Well, that's a guy Utah would love to hire as a coach at some point. I'm sure you look at, you know, great players in Utah history who would be personable and love the program. Eric Weddle would be a great addition at some point. But he's such a good addition that the Rams still wanted him to come in and play safety in their uh, potential Super Bowl run.
3: If Eric wanted to live here. If I were him, I wouldn't want to be a coach. I'll tell you what position I would want. Fundraiser. Yeah. Let me be the guy who goes and plays golf. Yeah, for sure. Let me be Robbie Bosco. Yeah. Let me be the guy whose sole job it is is to play golf. I'm the guy that you bring in to close the deal.
0: Here's the thing. He's a freak competitor. So he may want to be a coach because he may want to be out there yelling at people and not playing golf. And that is why these guys are wired differently, which is why the Rams are signing him, despite the fact that he's been retired for a couple of seasons and he's 37 years old and said, you know what? Yeah, I'll jump out of retirement to come and play the most important games of your season. I think I have a chance to come and win a Super Bowl. And by the way, this has given you a really good reason to root for the Rams now. Everyone likes Eric Weddle. That would be a really fun story if he ends up with the Super Bowl ring because he joined the Rams and went and got one late in his career. That would be really fun to watch. I'm still not rooting for the Rams. Yeah, you don't rooting have to for their coach. Are you rooting for anyone? Bills? Yes, because you're Zach Moss Homer. Because you love the Utes. Is that why? No. <laughs> <laughs> then whatever you say, you're
3: gonna be uh, you're gonna get your How can you not root for the Bills?
0: The, the, oh, I'm with the, you. I like the, the lovable like losers. Yeah, they, they haven't been good Fine forever. I, I cut my teeth on football watching them lose four straight Super Bowls or whatever it was in the early '90s. Yeah, I, I remember it.
3: Who else am I rooting for in the NFL playoffs? I'm rooting for the Titans because I think they're a great story. The fact that they were
0: still able to win yeah. how
3: many games without Derrick Eleven. Henry. I mean, right? that's
0: and I uh, hope they get Derrick Henry back because I love Derrick Henry. And what I, I think Vrabel's pretty cool. Yeah. So
3: I'm, I'm randomly, I guess, rooting for
0: them. Julio, It'd be fun to see Julio Jones win a Super Bowl after being. His career wasted in
3: Atlanta. (laughs) Uh, I'm rooting for both the Raiders
0: and the Bengals.
3: I wish both those teams could win that game. And that might be it.
0: Yeah, Bengals would be fun. I'm
3: with you. I'm not rooting for Aaron Rodgers, but I'm kind of rooting for him to get to the Super Bowl because that's the best story in the NFL right now. And I actually like
0: Green Bay as a team. I love the idea of Green Bay. I love the small market. I love that they're owned by the public. Just like Megan. Megan's a big fan. Yeah. So I would, and they've I been would, really be
3: good despite circumstances that would. Yeah. And they've been really well run for the most part. Correct. But Angry Aaron Rodgers is the best story in the NFL right now Yep. by far. Yep. And even right down to it, uh, like if, if the Packers won the Super Bowl, would it even matter? Well, look, and I'm an Aggies homer, so
0: I'd like to see Jordan Love get a Super Bowl ring.
3: Absolutely, for all his fine work this year.
0: It's been great. He played the second half, of the last game.
3: Uh, Weddle, though, going, uh, going to the Rams. That is a good story. And yeah. you know what? If somebody's going to get free money for throwing on some shoulder pads and being available, then glad it's him. Good to see him get a piece of jewelry. Speaking uh, of which. Speaking of which, big thanks to Jay Brooks Jewelers, the title sponsor of the top three stories at KSLSports.com. We'll have more coming up next. Stay tuned. Get you ready for It's Scotty G, 97.5 and 1280 the zone.
1: The sports you love. The teams you can't live without. Get a sense of urgency! This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on 97.5-1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com.
0: Tell me how to
3: live my life. Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Ben, you want to take a call? Yeah, we'll take a random call. We've got a caller. What's the name, Megan? Okay. Oh, Megan didn't ask. Well, We're going we in blind We here. don't uh, screen That's a whole lot of calls these dangerous. days. All right. Uh, caller, you're up next with Jake <laughs> and Ben on uh, The Zone Sports Network. Hello? What's going on, caller?
1: Hello, is that me? That's yeah, you. what's What's your name? My name is Phil. Phil I live in here in layton Okay, we got you, got you Phil. Phil.
3: I have known you for years, Phil. How are you? Yeah. How are you?
1: Uh, I'm still here. Much to oh, do this lady, many in radio and TV. They would like to see me pushing daisies, but I'm still here.
3: Go oh, good. Uh, well, I'm glad you called. What's on your mind, Phil?
1: Okay, uh, my three teams are Green Bay, you know Philadelphia, and Seattle. Now I'm pretty sure Seattle is out of the running. Yeah, I've got but, bad news about yeah,
3: the Seahawks. Not going to do. Yeah,
1: it. but I I'm, I'm, know that Green Bay is definitely still in it, and. Philadelphia possibly could. And in particular, what I most want to know is where is Green Bay going now that they lost to Detroit? Where is Green Bay going with the playoffs starting any time? Who and what are they going to play next and when and what day and what time? Mm -hmm. And how many games are they going to have to win to try and get to the NFC uh, playoffs so that they... Can maybe go to the Super Bowl Phil. Right. we
0: appreciate the call Thanks, Thanks We appreciate Phil. the call Well the nice thing is For the Green Bay Packers Is they have a bye They have a bye They are the one team In the NFC That did get a bye So take, a, take the weekend off Phil Yeah Phil They don't have to do anything or, They have or, earned their, uh, their key They actually The reason they lost To the Lions Was they didn't need To win that game No it didn't matter So it didn't matter But enjoy
3: all. the Eagles Bucks That, yeah.
0: that should be
3: something so The Eagles are going to lose Phil so, is a, if you did not know, and I don't know why a lot of people would but Phil is a very famous radio listener. You go on in, remote. In this market. Phil's going to find you. You are, if you work in radio, you will meet and uh, interact with
0: Phil at some point. And, and then we don't actually know who they'll play in the second round because they do some reseeding. They do. So. So that's. You the week off. So hang in there, Phil. So they will be playing one of the Eagles, the Cardinals, the Cowboys, the Buccaneers, or the Rams.
3: I think last time I talked to Phil, he was having some sort of dispute with his HOA about mowing lawns, and <laughs> yeah, he somehow and he somehow had yeah. multiple. No, it wasn't an HOA; it was the city, mm. and he had uh, multiple lawn mowers, but none of them were operating.
0: Megan, is that your first time talking to Phil? I'm surprised, actually. No, it I'm, is. It is. Oh, that's an honor. You are. That's like a rite of passage. That was your bar mitzvah, or your bar mitzvah. See, now Megan also does some
3: some remote teching for for the station, and I am shocked that you have not
0: chatted with Phil.
3: Although, Phil is limited in his range of able to come to remotes, and I'm guessing you haven't teched very many remotes uh, by the fine community of Clinton.
0: Yeah, I know. But there's a chance Phil ends up seeing his Eagles and his Precious Packers playing one another. So we'll No, there's not. No, probably not. No, Philadelphia's not winning. Yeah. Let's give away tickets here, please. Should we give away tickets? I'm surprised you haven't heard from Phil when we've been giving away tickets. Oh, uh, that's his thing. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's his thing. Uh, 855-340-ZONE. Let's give away some tickets to the Jazz Cavs tonight. 855-340-ZONE. Caller number 12. Better get to redialing, Phil. 855-340-ZONE
0: us tonight. See the Cavaliers. Phil complained about Lloyd once. Oh, Phil like like ran up the, Will Smith one time because he he was the first caller through and
3: Lloyd <laughs> was pretty mean to Phil once. What? And Phil Phil no, called and can't complained. Do that. Yeah, we had to deal yeah. with it. Well, Lloyd is having a bad day. Lloyd,
0: in fairness to Lloyd, he's mean to pretty much everybody, right? Correct. Oh yeah, he's hard. You don't want to answer the you don't want to call when you know Lloyd's working. And he's,
3: no, no, you don't want to come in contact with Lloyd ever. All right, uh, Hans and Scotty are, are coming up next. I I think uh, my Packers Bills Super Bowl is still alive. I
0: think you're I think you're exactly right. The Bills are a bit more of a long shot. Not a chance. Who's, who do you have at the AFC, the the chefs? Yeah, I'm still taking the Chiefs now. Ugh. They're just playing better than anybody.
3: Way to take the easy way out, Ben. Picking the favorite. Yeah. What a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Uh, let's uh, get out of the zone phone. Joining us now from Premier Wave Medical, he's our friend Dr. Justin Johnson. What's going on, Dr. Johnson?
1: How you guys doing this beautiful day?
3: It is beautiful, but I imagine if, uh, if you're dealing with some ED issues, uh, the, the, the sun doesn't shine quite as bright. How about that?
1: Yep. You know, what's interesting is people don't realize how prevalent a disease it is. You know, it's a medical disease, same thing as heart disease. And more than 50% of men over 50 suffer from some to- sort of erectile dysfunction, so it's pretty prevalent. But you don't have to suffer with it because there's so many great treatments out there. We have a great uh, machine. It's called the Almoduo. It's specifically designed for rectal dysfunction and it was FDA approved and it gives great results. The reason it does so well is that it actually penetrates deeper than any other product on the market. It will penetrate five inches, meaning the energy needed to affect the blood vessels that are not normally reached by the other machines can be reached by our machine. So it gives... Twice, you know the the results, and the interesting thing is, you hear people saying all these res, these studies were done this, that, and the other. Most of them were actually done on our machine, not on the other machine. So while these people are lumping all of the acoustic wave technology into you know one thing, it's actually important to know that our machine is the only one that was actually developed for ED. NFD approved for ED. But we have other treatments besides that because, you know, it's not a one size fits all. So sometimes the person needs an injection. Sometimes they need counseling. Sometimes they need some medicine. Sometimes they actually have surgery. So we have all those available to us. And so if you're suffering from ED, you do not need to suffer anymore. Come in and see us. And the great thing is we're running a Valentine's special. So, you know, because we do both men and women's health, if you get a couple's package. We'll give you a thousand dollars off the couples package. And we're gonna throw in a free night's stay at a hotel so you can try out the results once you guys are done with the with the treatments.
3: All right, can't beat that. A couples deal. Three eight five three six oh wave, three eight five three six oh nine two eight three or go online premierwave dot com. Doctor, it's been fun having you aboard today. Thanks, Thanks, Doctor.
1: Yeah, it's great to talk to you guys. You have a very nice day.
3: You too, buddy. That's our friend, Dr. Justin Johnson. Hanson, Scotty G are coming up next. Talk to you tomorrow, Ben. Enjoy the game tonight. Adios. 97.5-1280, The Zone.
1: This is Hanson, Scotty. Let's do it. We've seen the Jazz
2: be great without Rudy. They were great against Denver without Rudy. They've shown that ability to go out there and get it done.
3: Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids...